Straight up. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Show me the money! I need to feel you, Jerry! Show me the money! Jerry, you better yell! Show me the money! We like, like the juice, juice huh? Yeah. Juice is good. Very good. So good. It is the Cashin' Out Podcast. I'm Scotty Vegas with Anthony Rothman and Moneyline Mark. And uh, guys, it was championship weekend in college football this last weekend. I had a little bit of an up and down betting weekend myself. I did end up hitting a big parlay with the NFL games yesterday because yesterday seemed like a lot of chalk came through uh, in the NFL. But I want to start out first with the college football championship mm-hmm. games. And specifically, I want to talk to you guys about preseason odds versus what actually ended up happening in, in uh, these conferences. Because I think there's some really, really interesting results. I know the big one. Yeah. The, do you? Well, which the, conference? The Pittsburgh Panthers. Well, that yeah, that's one. All right. Let's start there. Let's start with the ACC. <laughs> so preseason... Uh, Pitt ends up winning this conference, but what do you guys think the odds were on Pitt at the beginning of the year? I'm going to guess 75 to one. Okay. Mark, do you have a guess on that? hundred to one. Okay. The actual, you guys overshot a little bit, but it was, it was actually Pitt was 50 to one at the start of the year. I'd seen it in places, maybe like 60. Okay. I don't know. And as by the 60. way, if Wake Forest would have won that game, I think they were 75 to one. Yeah. And how about this? Big 12 Baylor ends up winning the big 12. Huh. What do you think they were before the start of the year? Baylor. So big 12. So that would have been Oklahoma as your favorite in that conference. Um, Baylor, it would be a lot. It'd be less for sure. I don't know. 30 to one Mark. 50 to one, 75 to one so now on Baylor, oh my Michigan. Now Michigan no, no. wins the big 10. What were they preseason? Well, they weren't even ranked preseason, right? They were not, they were not in the AP poll. They were preseason unranked in the AP with Ohio state being, I think minus two twenty five to but start a, the year. Yeah. But a bigger brand obviously yeah. than, than Baylor and Pitt. They one. Anthony 40. They were 25 to one to win the big 10, but I've got a conference champion. That's got all of those beats. So we've got a lot of long odds. Uh, This one is even longer. The mid American conference, the Mac, right? Northern Illinois over the weekend, the Huskies ended up winning the Mac championship over Kent state guys preseason. They were 250 <laughs> to one to win the mid American conference, 250 to one. Now I always, I always joke with you, Anthony, about yeah. this, that gosh, I just wish that I could get one result ahead of time, you know, get that newspaper one day in advance or have that time machine that could take me one day where I could I think, see I what's think they going made on. A movie about that. <laughs> yes. I think there was a, a movie that had something involved with that. <laughs> Scotty Vegas's pleasure palace yes. that you would be building. But 
Damn it. Could you imagine a 250 to one mid-American conference? You know, you throw. Well, let me ask you this. What would you have thrown on it? You read my mind. Like what? Even if you just said, hey, that's worth a little bit. What do you throw on that? 20 I mean, bucks? I, I would think maybe a hundred. Uh, yeah, but I would think I'm throwing a grand on. No, I'm not no, throwing a grand see, on. I don't even know if you would have put a hundred on a team that's two fifty to one. Well, I could. I mean, I put one. The one long shot bet that I made this year. Uh, there were two actually. It was uh, Travion Henderson to win the Heisman, mm-hmm. and that was fifty to one. And I put a hundred bucks on it. Okay. And then it was Kenny Pickett was another one. That one was two hundred to one, and I put to win the Heisman, and I put a hundred on that. So if I had done the hundred. You know, on the 250 to one, that would have been nice. But uh, wow. Isn't that crazy, though? How many upsets there were in these conferences? Uh, Lastly, Pac-12, Utah was five to one uh, before the season. And then Alabama, we know they won the SEC. They were minus 163. But how about all these upsets? Well, let's be honest. Let's go back and look for a second here at, you know, we all, I don't know if you guys did, but. When we were starting to predict these games last week, the biggest Utah certainly was one that I think we all liked. I know it's tough to beat a team twice like that, but and I'm not saying they wanted Ohio State, but the Utes wanted Pasadena badly. And they hammered them 38-7. It was a beatdown two weeks ago. They held them you know, to under 70 yards rushing. They ran the football really well. The only thing that you were up against there was the Ducks were like 4-0 all-time in Pac-12 games. So they had, they hadn't, and by the way, they had not lost two straight to Utah in – 25, 30 years. So there was some history there and some trending that told you, go ahead and take Oregon plus the three. But Anthony Brown had a really bad game the first time. He was under 50%. He did look good, better against Oregon State. But uh, that that one was fairly comfortable for me. Um, the other ones that I got right, I got Michigan right, laid the points on that. Uh, because, and this was the logic I gave you, which was, that even if Michigan suffered a mild emotional letdown, which would have been human nature, I didn't think Iowa was the team that could make them pay for that. That's the difference. I actually expected Michigan to come down a little bit emotionally. Why not? But when you come down emotionally and have a mild letdown, there has to be a team on the other side that can really truly make you pay for that. And Iowa couldn't. Um, I had Pitt as well, so I won that one. And then the ones that I think you and I were a little surprised on, Scotty, and maybe – Maybe Moneyline Mark feels the same way. We all thought that Houston plus the 10 and a half was going to be a good bet, and it was until it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. So that was a one-point game at the half. Yeah. It was 14-13 at the half. I can I can tell you I watched that entire game because uh, I, did a, I did a huge parlay, a, a huge parlay. This was my big weekend oh, parlay. Loved it. And uh, I ended up, it was one, two, three, four, five, six. It was an eight-teamer. Um, and seven of the eight hit the one that did not hit was Houston. Um, I had Houston at plus 10 and a half and they lost by 15. Yeah. And they were on a roll that, that quarterback Clayton tune. He, he's had a very good year. Uh, four of his eight interceptions were all in the season opener. They hadn't lost since they had won 11 in a row. They had a great off. You gave a great offense, 10 and a half points to start that game. Now, and their defense has not been bad. Now, the defense Cincinnati is pretty real. But that was one where I thought the other thing was the pressure of Cincinnati actually sealing the deal on an undefeated season. And maybe the home field advantage was just too much to overcome and that for us to get the win plus the 10 and a half. And then the Georgia-Bama game, that was, you know, I think most people sided with taking the points there. Uh, I should have. I didn't. 
um, based on the fact that I just thought Georgia was a better game and Bama was really bad coming into that. And I didn't think that was a mindset game. I didn't think that that was 100%. Well, this is Bama Super Bowl and the desperation. I mean, they gave up seven sacks to Auburn, and they were going up against that defense. I just didn't trust it, and I lost no, on that one. That's a that was a classic case where we all saw that that Auburn game the week before, and we all overreacted to what we saw in that one game. We didn't think it was an overreaction, though, Scotty, because Bama had not – that wasn't just one game where Bama looked average. That's true. That's true, but that game is probably fresh in our minds because uh, – Actually, several times on this podcast, we gave uh, the the look ahead line on mm-hmm. Alabama Georgia. Several times we're like, okay, what do you think the spread would be? And for a while there, we said we thought it'd be a pick'em or uh, maybe Georgia minus three. And then we saw the line come out because of that game mm-hmm. against uh, Auburn. Just like we probably overreacted to how much Ohio state killed Michigan state by, uh, and why that line with, with Michigan, we were like, Oh, that's an interesting line. Well, it was an interesting line because of the week before. So, you know, it's, it's the overreactions, uh, that did us in, but Mark, anything on the board that, that you took, uh, this weekend, uh, for college or pro Uh, college. So I, I was, I don't know how you guys feel, but if, you know, the outcome of that Cincinnati game is different and Houston wins. Do you think there's any dialogue, like significant dialogue of Ohio State going in over Notre Dame for that final spot? I would have had it because I've been saying it for a week. Now, the problem is how does the committee, why would the committee move Ohio State over Notre Dame other than the fact of Michigan winning? What does that help? Like, so you're saying that the Cincinnati losing actually hurts Notre Dame indirectly because that was the team they had already lost to. And then Ohio State losing to Michigan, Michigan thumping Iowa, that would have been enough for the committee to to connect the outer dots. I don't think that's enough to actually move Ohio State in over Notre Dame. I will say this. I thought Ohio State deserved to be ranked higher than Notre Dame before this week started. I do from a resume standpoint. I do. I don't think the one less loss for Notre Dame uh, overcomes – what Ohio State did this year as far as who they won and who they lost to. I mean, Ohio State had two very decent losses and they had two and they had a and they just thumped, absolutely destroyed Michigan State when they were in the top seven. And they thumped Purdue when they were in the top twenty. And they beat Penn State when they were in the top twenty. So I thought that was a big thing, Mark, going into the weekend that worried me for Ohio State fans is that Notre Dame was ranked one spot above them. Yeah, we probably needed uh, Georgia to win yep. uh, as well. And then I think we had – I think at that point we're in, I would think. But I guess you never know. Now let's go back to one other thing. The Georgia against the field and when I took that. <laughs> and now I don't – I. it feels a little odd now. Now it's not good now, because now Georgia is plus 125. Yeah, now the value has gone. Now, where we also saved some money, we were killing ourselves, is that we all had a chance to grab Ohio State to win it all at 12 to 1, and we were just dying that we didn't get it. And we saved some money there. We did. (laughs) We did. You're absolutely right. And, you know, looking back on these uh, national championship odds, I've I've actually got the odds of what these teams were preseason. 
you know, going back. So now the the four teams that are okay. in the national championship game. So Michigan and Cincinnati. Uh, Michigan now are is Michigan seven to one now? I think uh, to win it all. They're either seven or nine. I'll have to pull it up. But right now, uh, so, so you got Michigan in the playoff. They they before the season started, they were hundred to one yeah. to win it all. <laughs> oh my goodness, hundred to one. Cincinnati. Awesome. Was also a hundred to one. See, that's interesting. So that's the group of five stuff because if if those odds are the same, think about this, guys. Cincinnati was top ten preseason. Correct. Michigan's unranked, and they had the same odds. And that's part of that is the group of five can't get in. Usually, that's right. That's right. So Georgia uh, was six to one to win it all. Georgia was a top five team before the year started. Ohio State was also six to one. Top five team. And Alabama was plus two fifty. Number so, one team. So now you have uh Georgia and Alabama are co favorites now to win it all at plus one twenty five. And then you've got Michigan at seven to one and, and Cincinnati at ten to one. So uh any chance in your guys' mind that Cincinnati can beat Alabama? Mark, you start. Absolutely not. I don't even think it's going to be close. Not even close. I don't think so. Anthony. All right. So I, that's interesting because when I first saw these odds or the, the spreads, my knee jerk went to take both with the points, just grab the 14, grab the seven and a half and run with it. Um, but, and here's the other thing, guys, you have to remember this. We're talking about this two days after Alabama did that to Georgia. Now we have to wait. And I'm not saying Alabama still can't kill them. I'm just saying they don't get to ride that weekend momentum into next week and jump jump on Cincinnati. Now, now everyone has to come down. There's a reset. There's travel. There's all that. And so the game kind of finds it's a little more of a level spot. But... I doubt it. I think I'm with I'm with Mark on the fact that I don't think they can win the game. It's it's one game, but I just don't feel that they have enough depth across the board to compete with Bama. I think they have some head-to-head competitors. I think they do feel like they can go out there and and play with them with that defense, but it just doesn't seem like I would have any real hope that they could win it outright. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with both of you guys, and I kind of feel like uh, history. You know, I just keep replaying in my mind how many blowouts we have seen in these semifinal games. You know, it feels like every year there is a uh, lopsided semifinal result. You know that that you know the one thing I, I guess when I'm thinking about this line is. If it's a 20-point game late, let's say uh, Alabama's up 20 late in the game or up 17, uh, maybe you get a backdoor cover for Cincinnati. But I don't think there's uh, a situation where this is going to be a close game in the fourth quarter. I could see it being a backdoor cover, and that's why Cincinnati is the right play. But otherwise, it'd be hard for me to put money on Cincinnati. Well, let's just say this, though. They did hang with Georgia last year in that bowl game, although how much was Georgia really, you know, thinking that was the be-all, end-all for them. But they they have proven that they can hang with some big-time things, and they have two pretty good cornerbacks. And they, But slowing down Jamison Williams, who's averaging like 21 yards a catch, and it's going to help that they're going to be missing their second thousand yard receiver in John Mechie like that. That helps. That's lost. real. Yeah. 
Um, Desmond Ritter and Jerome Ford are good. Ford's an Alabama transfer. He is going to leave everything, every body part on that field. The fact that he transferred out of Bama and has a chance to go against them in a playoff is stuff that uh, legends are made of. But Cincinnati would need so much to go right for them to stay in that. They'd have to force more. Tur- they have to win the turnover battle, and and they'd have to do everything right. But Alabama looks like a machine again, and here they come. So um, Bearcats going to have to do everything right. Again, the red zone, create turnovers, score off of those turnovers, and they have to win in the trenches, which I don't know if they can. So uh, that that's trouble for them. There's a reason that's a big double-digit dog. Mark, national championship pick right now. Who do you got? Bama. Mm-hmm. Easier road to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, they've already played Georgia once. It really wasn't even that close if you really you know were watching the game. At no point was it really even that close. So I, I think Georgia, or I'm sorry, Alabama wins the whole thing. Same. It's the right. It's it's the right pick. Um, the one thing that I I'm I am really looking forward to seeing this Michigan Georgia game because it works for Michigan in that you kind of get a cage match. It's kind of what they like, but it's almost too much for them in a way because they can't do what they – they're a run-dominant team that has to run into the strength of Georgia's team, which is that defensive line, where Alabama didn't have to. They yeah. could get to the outside and work the edges, and Michigan's got a pretty physical defense, though, themselves against Stetson Bennett, who's not very good – and so I look for Michigan to really hang in this game and possibly win it. And that's why when I saw seven and a half, I was actually a little bit surprised. So I, I do like the, is that what it is? Seven and a half? Seven and a half, yeah. So I actually would take the seven and a half right now, and I probably would try to get Alabama at 13 and a half. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on, on both of those. And, I, and I'm, I'm, here's my belief. I believe that the best bet of the entire board is to take Alabama uh, to win it all at mm-hmm. plus 125. Because, number one, I really think I would be shocked if they lose to Cincinnati. Yeah, shocked. Right. And then, you know, you're looking at the next one where I I would be Mm – surprised if Georgia or Michigan could could beat Alabama. So to me, the plus one in 25, that's the way to go. I'm not sure betting the individual game is. So, okay, one thing I wanted to talk about, too, is – uh, what your guys' stance are on college football playoff expansion, because that's something that that's come up a lot. I know they, there was a meeting this week about it, and one of the proposed ideas is to go to 12 teams, right? And that would kind of change this championship weekend in the fact that Utah on Friday night wouldn't have been playing to get into the Rose Bowl. They would have been playing to get into the uh, playoff. Mm -hmm. Same with a Baylor. You know, the Baylor wins the Big 12. Well, they would still have a shot to win the national championship because they would have the automatic berth into the playoff. Not only that, they would have gotten a bye. And a bye. Like Baylor, instead of not being in the playoff, would not only have been in it, but they would have had a bye. Right, because they would take the top four Four. conference champs and give them a bye. That's that's correct, and then the rest would have to play camp on campus sites. So where Utah, uh, if Ohio State was a six and Utah's an eleven, Utah would have played here in a first rounder, yes, not in the Rose Bowl. That's exactly right, and then you would have had matchups like uh, Notre Dame and Pitt playing, uh, probably mm-hmm. in South Bend, 
You could have looked at uh, Georgia uh, playing uh, as a 12, uh, maybe a potential 12 seed. So it would have been interesting. You know what else you could have had? You could have had a Big Ten rematch. You could have Michigan had State and Ohio State. Mi- yes. If, if Ohio State was a 7, then Michigan State would have been a 10, and that would have been right here in the shoe. And guess what? That could have been the winner of that plays the two seed Michigan. Thoughts? Do you guys yeah. like that, or do you like our current system? Mark, go ahead. I definitely prefer that. I mean, just at the same time, though, like even 13 through 20 is going to still be whining. You know, even if you go to a 12-team playoff, there's still going to be people unhappy. So there's really no perfect system to me. But I certainly would prefer to have, you know, a tournament type thing. I mean, what is everyone's favorite time of year? It's March Madness, really, you know, because the tournament feel, one and done type thing. I kind of like just that overall – you know, just how that's set up now, logistically, I don't know all the money involved in these bowl games sponsors. I don't know all that stuff, but just from a fan perspective, I definitely love to see playoff. Well, let me speak quickly to the 13 through 20, having arguments. I, I don't yeah. buy that because if you look at the NCAA turn, they, they might complain. They might think that they should have been in, but who cares at number 13? Um, and, and it's the same with the NCAA tournament where they always have a debate who should have been the 68th team. Who was the 69th team that didn't make it, but ultimately it doesn't matter because those teams can't win at all. That's it. You nailed it. That's it. You took the words right out of my mouth. It's not the, the team that's five or six like Ohio state has the talent to go on and win it all. And we're not used to this in Columbus, Ohio. So that's why the talk of a tournament sounds a lot more uh, pleasurable to Ohio State fan right now. We didn't care before. You're always getting in. So yeah. now you're thinking, who who in the world would want to play Ohio State as a sixth seed right now? Nobody. No. See, 100% of the time, you're going to have as much or maybe more talent than anyone you play if you're Ohio State. So what you want is at-bats. You don't care about how many games. You want to get a chance to get in the tournament. I agree with Scott. You go to like third, you start going to like BYU or even Oregon or even Iowa. Those teams aren't winning at all, not in a tournament. And so what would it be exciting? Would we have upsets? Yeah. But if you, if you move that line much further down, the whining starts to get less and the excitement gets more because of the tournament. You get some home sites, you get more home playoff games. And the only thing that the top four are complaining about is their administration not making money off a first round game. Like Ohio State, think about Ohio State. They might like the years where they're actually an at-large bid because then they would get a home game and make a lot more money. But now the players, and we talked about this on our show today, I, my first instinct was if you expand the playoff, you get less opt-outs yes. because it's harder to opt-out because if you're in a playoff and you have a chance to win it all. But you're also adding another game to the mix for these guys. So it, it does become a little interesting, but I wouldn't anticipate you having as many opt-outs if you're a, quote, playoff team. But here we are. It would be exciting. It dilutes all the regular season, though, because the loser of the Michigan-Ohio State game backdoors in. Now, th- yep. they'd be legit to backdoor in because they're both talented teams. So you'd want them in, but it does water down that game itself. But here is the advantage to the winner of the game. They now have a bye. 
Okay, see, they are yeah. now automatically yeah. into the quarterfinals, and that's an that's a nice and, advantage. And seating is big, and seating is huge. Yeah. And you know, so there's the argument of one through four is is a big difference, mm-hmm. but five through eight is a big difference because you're getting the home game versus the road game. So I love that's right. the idea. I love yeah. it. I hope it happens. I, I I don't trust people to get it done and to to get it done correctly, but uh, hopefully it will. Well, you might and you might get. Some you know West Western teams, Southern teams have to come to South Bend, Indiana, or Columbus, Ohio, to play a football game in late December, which you know may not be lovely for the fans to go sit out there in it. But you know those two places they would because we've grown up in it. We've gone to cold games before. Yeah. It's not anything Packers games crazy new. At, at, you know, for yeah, Packers absolutely. playoff games, those, those stadiums no not doubt. half full because it's it's cold out. Yeah, yeah so no, I, I agree we're probably headed towards that. It'll change things, but the landscape has changed completely already between NIL deals and the transfer portal and all that. I mean, college athletics completely changed, and so I do think that the college football playoff and the bowl matchups and all that, you know, everything will go to a tournament, but if this year proved anything, guys, it kind of tamped down a little bit of that it's the broken record every year. It's Bama. It's Ohio State. It's Oklahoma. It's Clemson. Like, now you only have one of those teams in there in, in Bama. And Ohio State is on the outside looking, and Clemson is as well, and so is Oklahoma. I mean, the biggest nightmare for a Columbus, Ohio fan is watching Bama play Michigan in a national title. Yes. I assume that Ohio State fan would would say I'd rather have Nick Saban get another one because you're kind of dull. You're immune to him winning. Like, losing to your rival and having them go on and win is not what Ohio State fan wants. So I saw this question on social media, and I think all three of us should should answer this. If Here's the deal. If Ohio State wins the Rose Bowl, Michigan wins the national championship. Or you could either take option one, which is Ohio State winning Rose Bowl and Michigan winning the national championship. Or you could take take option two, which is Ohio State's going to lose the Rose Bowl and Michigan is not going to win the national championship. Which way would oh, you want it to go? option two the whole way. Yes. The, the Rose Bowl means nothing Correct. anymore. Yeah. In fact, I said it on, on today's show, Mark. I said that. Secretly, Ohio State fans should be more than happy if Olave and Wilson opt out because that game can be used for experience and getting the younger guys in there. Like, that game has no impact on standings. I don't think it hardly has any impact on recruiting. Yes, you never want to lose a football game if you're Ohio State, but it has zero impact, I think, in anything you do other than branding and perception. Mark, you taking a loss in the Rose Bowl if it means Michigan also loses? Absolutely. And I think just, you know, that, that point Anthony just brought up, it's like with the way things are now in these bowl games, they have to go to a tournament because these other games are, are really, to his point, kind of meaningless. You know, we've already been there and done that and won the Rose Bowl many times. So it's like it is pretty much meaningless. So, I mean, this, this bracket almost has to happen, really, for the state of college football. Here's the other thing. You don't want your rival – to get a leg up on recruiting. And if they win a national title, that changes a lot of perception amongst the 16, 17-year-old kid. And so you know, I'm not point. saying it flops it completely, but that's your rival. That's who you're trying to beat every year. You don't need them getting stronger 
Forgetting about the national title, that's big enough as itself. But that means they're back. Not only, I mean, that is officially back. You don't win a national title, and it's just like, oh, it's just a one-year thing. That, yeah. that, can, that can have residual effect for years. Because then look at it. Jim Harbaugh has one national title. Ryan Day has zero national titles. Urban Meyer in his, in his time at Ohio State had one. Jim Trestle had one. Yeah, and they both so, got it early in their second year. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that would be devastating for Buckeye uh, fans to see Michigan win it all. You'd rather take a loss in the Rose Bowl oh. and uh, Michigan lose. Okay. Uh, and if you have guys that opt out, then you could even justify the loss. Right. That yeah, good point. All right. So let's switch gears real quick before we finish things up here and look at the NFL. Uh, yesterday, what was the one headline? What's the one takeaway that you guys took from uh, the NFL from yesterday? Uh, I'll, I'll let you go first, Mark. What's your one takeaway? Sorry, Anthony, but it's Lions win. Finally <laughs> get their first win. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, that was a crazy finish. Yeah, okay, so here's the deal. I, I've been a diehard Viking fan of forever. Of course they were going to why wouldn't they be the team they got the first winning? Of course they would be. Number two, Xavier Woods, why don't you just go play defense in the stands? Oh, I, th- I think you would be as effective up in there yeah. than letting Goff have the, the easiest throw that he could make. So if you're not going to blitz the hell out of him, at least guard the goal line. Yes. Like they're, it, they're it, guarding the five yards I mean, deep it, into it, the end zone. Okay, it's, <laughs> it really is. It's almost fire worthy um, now that they're five and seven. Um, there, there are a couple different takeaways here from the weekend and certainly the AFC North got a gift here with, uh, I, listen, the Ravens, I know people think a lot of them and Lamar Jackson cures a lot of ills, but they are hurt. Now they are injured. Now the Browns got two big gifts. They're coming off a of bye week. So they get the Ravens to lose and Cincinnati to lose. And now here they get Baltimore back in their stadium coming off a of bye week. My biggest takeaway is the Browns didn't play and they feel a lot better about themselves this week than they did last week without even playing. And then the other one for me is this Miami Dolphin team that just doesn't seem to want to go away. And the fact that, that, you know, Tua's doing enough and I'm not saying that they're killing the world here because they're beating the giants and the Panthers and the jets, but they did beat the Ravens. They've lost some close games this year. But the fact that the Miami Dolphins have quietly won, what, is it five in a row now? I think it is five. Yeah, I think five yeah. in a row is, yeah. is pretty weird to go from, you know, what are they now? They're six and seven. So that, that's pretty amazing to me. All right. My takeaway from the weekend is now we're starting to see separation mm-hmm. with these top teams. And, you know, we've been talking all year how wide open – uh, the AFC and the NFC is, yeah, that, that might be the case through the first 12 weeks of the year or so. But now I think we're starting to see the good teams are going to start dominating. And if you look at it yesterday, the results, the big favorites all won their games and all won their games pretty handily. The Chiefs, who we think are, are a great team, they won and they won convincingly the the Buccaneers. I think they're going to start separating. So all these teams that, uh, you know, were, were stumbling early. The chiefs weren't looking good early in the year. Now I think they're coming together. They dominated that game last night. Uh, and the Buccaneers, you know, that's another team that's separating. The Cardinals are separating. And I think we're starting to see the really good team separate. And I got one dark horse team that is six and five that I think can win 
uh, win the Super Bowl, and he, they were 40 to 1 odds. So there was one team, Dark Horse. I want to see if you guys can guess who this team is, who my Dark Horse Super Bowl champion is. They were 40 to 1 coming into their game on Sunday. Colts. Well, I know you've liked the Colts. That's it. And you've been pretty high in them, and now they're 7 and 6. 7 so, and 6. I said yeah, 6 and 5. Yeah. 7 and 6. Yeah. They are a. Uh, they do a lot that you want late in the year. You know, you're able to run the football with with Taylor, and they've been really strong. When they thrashed the Bills, that woke me up. They should have beaten the Buccaneers, and now they can get to they wait. And don't they have a they have a either a Sunday night game? Isn't it against the Patriots coming up? Uh, it's a Saturday Saturday, okay. Saturday night game. Okay, yeah. Uh, what what are their odds right now? The Colts? Uh, they were forty to one on Sunday, uh, or I'm sorry, going mm-hmm. into the games yesterday. Uh, I don't know exactly. Did you get them at forty to one? I, I did not take it, and I'm so mad I didn't because I've been talking them up, talking them up. I got to see what they what their updated ones right are. Right now, I have them at thirty five to one. Okay, that's so. still good. Okay, and that's a lot of that. And I love the fact that they're in the AFC. Yes. honestly, because I think the NFC is a little too much to overcome. With, with Tampa and Arizona and Green Bay. But I love the fact that Kansas Kansas City is probably the team you, you don't want to see in the playoff, but you're not, like, crazy scared of them. Buffalo will find out about them tonight and New England. But, yeah, absolutely. The Colts with that running. You take that running game outside to Buffalo. You take it outside to New England. That will travel. Okay. I, like, I think that's a great call. I actually am a little surprised, but it's probably since – there's so much strength everywhere else with Tampa and Green Bay and Arizona that you know what I like even better. I like the fact that they are 16 to one to win the AFC. That's what I'm yes. I, I'm telling you, it's, I have 33 to one on my site for Super Bowl and 16 to mm-hmm. one to win the AFC. That might be my big bet. That might be my big bet that I make this week. I like it. I don't I don't know if there's any other value around other than maybe and I have to look at the uh I could maybe be talked into the Chargers. Yeah. The winning talent, the AFC from a talent wise. standpoint. Yeah. Especially uh, what they just did know, to Balt- the Baltimore's injured. We'll see what happens to Buffalo tonight. Now, do I like the Chargers going into New England? like late in the year with that passing game and weather's bad? Probably not. Um, I, I, I prefer your Colts call on that. But think about and, – and the same thing for the Rams. Like if the Rams have to go to Lambeau late in the year, you know, I, I do think there's some value on the Rams as an NFC champ. But if they have to go to Lambeau, not so much. If they got to go to Tampa or Arizona, i definitely give them a fighting chance. Yeah, the NFC to me is just too top-heavy where there's four good ones. So you're going to have to beat two great teams to win the NFC, and I don't feel that way about the AFC. I feel like there's only one great team, and it's the Chiefs, um, and they don't have a great defense, although they played well last night. So, All right, that is it for this week's Cashing Out podcast. I'm Scotty Vegas with Anthony Rothman and Moneyline Mark. You can catch us next Monday for the next Cashing Out. Thanks. Atlas Butler is built to keep you comfortable, and our plumbing services are no exception. You can rely on Atlas Butler for trusted, convenient plumbing and drain service. Our expert plumbers and drain specialists can take care of anything, from a broken water heater to a clogged drain. Call today, get it fixed today. That's our pledge to you.